Today I'm continuing this series of sermons entitled Mindfulness, Reflections on the Psalms, Creation, and the Human Experience. This series of sermons was born out of some writing that I did on my two-month renewal leave a couple of years ago. And it was during that renewal leave that I was spending a whole lot of time up at our property bordering Zion National Park. So, because that's where I was when I was inspired for all of this, Zion and that property shows up a lot in the sermon series. But the series isn't about Zion. It's, it's reflections on the Psalms, the beauty of creation, our, our own human experience helps to inform our understanding of the Psalms. A word about our property in Zion. Jerry and I are simple people. We are. It doesn't take much to make us happy, which kind of strikes me that maybe that's why she married me. <laughs> it doesn't take that much to make her happy. But we are simple people. We've always had what we need, sometimes barely what we needed, but we've always had what we need. And God has just blessed us over and over again. In many ways, we consider ourselves rich. Not that we have that much money, but we have that many children. Nine children, and they have enriched our lives in so, so many ways. I have three happy places in my life, three places where I feel especially close to God. The first is with my family. Being with family is a happy place for me, and I feel close to God. And I'm blessed today because i got a lot of family here, and there's going to be a lot more of them at the next service, too. The second place that's my happy place is here at Desert Spring with all of you, and especially here with you in our sanctuary. It's a thin place where the veil separating heaven from earth is especially thin. And I feel close to God here. And the third place for me is out in the beauty of creation, especially the mountains, and most recently up at Zion National Park. Three years ago, Jerry and I purchased four acres of land that bordered the park. Some of our children purchased a couple more that were adjoining. We purchased the land during the recession, and we are very aware that our blessing came at somebody else's expense. The prior owners lost their property during the downturn, which is the only reason that it was available for us to purchase, and we know that. We're developing our property so that when the time comes that I'm worn out, that's what Methodist preachers are called when we retire. We're called worn-out preachers, right? Some of you pastors here, when we're worn out, then, I'll have a, then we'll have a place to live. So that's where we're going to retire. We're simple people, so we're developing it in a very simple way. We have three little cabins right now. The biggest one is 200 square feet so that we have comfortable places to sleep when we're up there visiting. The main cabin is going to go up in a few years and it'll be modest. It'll be less than 600 square feet. When the whole thing is done, the land, the utilities, the buildings, we will have invested about the equivalent of purchasing an average two-bedroom condo in Las Vegas. And that works for us. And so we're grateful because it works so well for us. 
we consider ourselves just greatly blessed that we can have a place that's so beautiful. We both agree that it's because of the providence of God that this land was available at a time when we could purchase it. Do you know what I mean when I say it's because of the providence of God? The word providence is a word we use to help us talk about the kinds of experiences we have when we believe that when we when when we know that God is caring for us in some way. Psalm 23 is a providential psalm. It talks about how God leads us beside the still waters. God leads us in our lives, sometimes opening doors, sometimes closing other ones, sometimes leading us places that we never thought that we would go, sometimes not even being able to understand the reason that we have gone. But God leads us. But that's only one way that God cares for us. God provides for us, too. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want, or in another translation, I lack nothing. God provides what it is that we need for our life, and not just the material things that we need, but also the opportunity to live a meaningful life and to have joy and for our soul to be restored. And God comforts us and God protects us and God brings people into our lives who bless us along the way. And as for me, I've experienced these kinds of providential care and more over the course of my life. I suspect that's true for you as well, that you've experienced all these ways that God provides and even more. Today we're going to be looking at Psalm 121, which is another providential psalm. It's a psalm that is about a pilgrimage, a journey. When the author writes this, he's writing about a pilgrimage that he or she is going to go on. And this pilgrimage, it might be to Jerusalem for the annual Passover celebration, or we don't know, but, but the psalm works great just to think about it for any journey that we're on, even this journey that we call life. The author is trying to help us understand something of the scope of God's providential care when the author asks, I look to the hills, where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who created heaven and earth. Profound statement of the providential care that God's going to watch over us along this journey. Even when the footing becomes treacherous, God's not going to let us fall. Even when there's danger around us, whether it's daytime or nighttime, it will not get the better of us. God's going to watch over our going, our coming back, not just now, but forevermore. Psalm 121. Let's turn our attention to Scripture. As Pastor Dave said, the reading will come from Psalm 121 this morning. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where will my help come? My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. He who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. 
The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep you going out and you're coming in from this time on and forevermore. This has been the Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Mike. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable unto thee, O Lord our God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. My wife, Jerry, has a co-worker and friend who is a beach person. You know what I mean by that? When she arrives at the beach, puts her feet in the sand, lays down in the sun, hears the waves rolling in, a sense of peace and calm comes over her. She feels like she's at home. It's the place she most loves and belongs. She's a beach person. Got any beach people here? Okay, we got some beach people here. Not everybody. Some of you might be desert people. Or maybe mountain people. Okay. Where is it for you personally, where is it that you feel most at home? Let me rephrase that. Where is it for you personally, where is it that simply by being in that place, you feel a little closer to God? Is it at the beach, in the desert? In your garden, at the farm. For me, it's in the mountains. I take my place among a long line of mountain people. Moses goes up to Mount Sinai to draw near to God. Elijah hides in a mountain cave when he hears the still small voice of God. Peter, James, and John up on the Mount of Transfiguration. Mary, the mother of Jesus, Mary Magdalene on Mount Calvary. On and on the list goes of folks who in, up on a hill or a mountain have experienced something of the presence of God. Jerry and I are mountain people. We love being up in the mountains, and in recent years that's become Zion National Park. That's a thin place for us, a place where the veil separating heaven from earth is especially thin, so that being in that place we feel a little closer to God. And here's the thing with thin places. When you're in a thin place where you feel a little closer to God, well, you can't help but think about your life. You can't help but think about those things that are maybe most important in life. You can't help but begin to reflect a little bit about it all. I look to the hills. Where does my help come from? This past week, we were up at Zion. Took a few pictures. They're going to come up on the screen. Just as I'm walking along our property, these are pictures that I took. And as I walked, I was thinking about Psalm 121. I looked to the hills. Where does my help come from? That's an interesting question. Where does our help come from? Where does your help come from? I suspect that the psalmist didn't write those words as a question, but rather as a proclamation. You see, in Hebrew Scripture, you can make a proclamation in the form of a question, and we do that today too. Like we'll say, who's number one? When we know already, who's number one? Or we'll say, how cool is that? When really we mean, that's way cool, right? So we know about questions really being proclamations. 
the author of the psalm could just as easily have said, I look to the hills and I know where my help comes from. The creator of the hills of heaven and of earth. So where is it that my help comes from? Your help comes from. I can't help but reflect upon my life as I think about the words of Psalm 121. But let's back up for a moment, way back, thousands of years back, to the time when the author wrote this psalm. Folks back then were not naive. They knew that when they were going to go on a pilgrimage, when they were going to go on a journey, they were going to encounter some kind of danger. They knew that. When they were going to travel, they had to walk or at best ride. So they were going to be exposed to the elements, exposed to predators, exposed to robbers. They knew that there was going to be danger that they would encounter along their journey. And so when the psalmist writes these words, I look to the hills, where does my help come from? She or he is not imagining going on a journey where they're protected in some little bubble that will keep any danger from getting near to them. But rather, they know danger will come. And when it comes, they also know they will not be alone. God will be their help and their strength. I look to the hills. Where does my help come from? I think about my own life, the dangers that I've encountered. We've all encountered dangers of some kind or another. We've all been through our fair share of tribulations, of trials. We've had our stuff that we've had to contend with in our life. My family's here. Got a lot of family here today. I think about our family and all the things that we've been through as a family. I think about Nicole when she was just six weeks old. So, so sick. So sick. And how there was a miracle that took place of God healing her. God did not let her foot stumble. I think about my father. What, seven years ago when he was diagnosed with a terminal cancer. And you all started praying for him. You've been praying for him for a long time. And now he's here. And he's doing well. I think about my wife Jerry six years ago. T-boned on the driver's side door by a car going 45 miles per hour, and she slammed her head hard and got a serious con concussion. She couldn't hear music or sing for a year and a half because of it. But it could have been so much worse. I think about our son Andrew. Just a few years ago when he got sick, so sick. And it ended up being this rare autoimmune disorder. But when he landed in the hospital, Centennial Hospital, Nobody knew what was going on. This rare disorder is something that isn't seen much in our country. It's mostly seen in other countries like in Turkey. And once he arrived in the hospital, the internist who was assigned to his case was from the Middle East. He had seen this before. He could give it a name, which meant the treatments could start all the sooner. He got the help he needed because of that, the providential care of God. I think about my life. Quite a few years ago, back when I ran a chainsaw for a living, working in this 20-acre thicket 
where the trees are so thick you couldn't walk through it and they were killing each other. They were so thick. Sometimes I cut 150 trees before anything would even fall to the ground. And one time I had about 75 trees hung up. I turned my back on it because the saw was running and I had my ear protection on. I didn't hear it when it let go. And it came crashing down. It clipped me, took all the skin off my back. But God had my back because it could have been so much worse than that. I think about my life, our lives. As I hear Psalm 121, and I know, I know where my help comes from. I know that my help has come from the Lord who's seen me, seen us through so much already. How about you? Where does your help come from? Does your help come from the Lord? Repeat this after me, if you believe it. Repeat this after me. My help comes from the Lord. Okay, that was pretty good because you're going to keep doing this. This is going to be a litany now, and that's your part of it. So, so let's get the litany started with you saying that again. When I see dark clouds beginning to form on the horizon, when I am battling a serious illness, When I don't know how I'm going to be able to make ends meet. When I don't know which direction to go with my life. When temptation comes and I don't know that I have it in me to, to keep from giving in. When I don't know how to say goodbye. When my body fails and my time comes to die, in my living, in my dying, now and forever, my help comes from the Lord who created heaven and earth. And this help comes to us in so many ways, sometimes providing for us when we are most in need I remember early in my ministry when we had six children, weren't making a lot of money. Sometimes we didn't have enough money to pay all the bills. And then we'd come outside and there'd be an envelope sitting on the porch. Somebody from the church had just on their own decided to stuff some money into it and leave it for us, not knowing what we were going through, the providence of God. There have been so many times in our lives where God has guided us. I told you a couple of weeks ago about how it was that it was the providence of God that brought Jerry and I together. And through our 40 years of life together, God has continued to guide us. God brought us here to Las Vegas. At the time, we were living in Tucson, Arizona. We loved Tucson. We loved our church. We had family there. We loved being with our family. And then we got a call that we were to come to Las Vegas. And I have to tell you, we did not want to come. We really did not want to come. We really, really did not want to come. How could I have known, how could I have known the blessings that were awaiting us simply by coming? Maybe I should have. After all, my help comes from the Lord who watches our going out who watches our coming in. 
I've been blessed so many, in so many ways in my life. It makes me begin to wonder. It makes me wonder, what is God up to right now? What's God up to right now in this moment? Could it be that God has prepared this moment for you? Could it be that God has prepared this moment for me? I spent a week in Zion, a happy place. I got my family here, a happy place. I'm in the sanctuary of God, this thin place. I think about all the blessings that have come upon me, and it just makes me want to be quiet and just to breathe, to just breathe in the providence of God. Let's pray. Loving God, for this moment and for the many ways you have cared for us unto this moment and for the promise that you will be with us from this moment on, we give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, thank you.